You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC Sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. Welcome to the Inside Carolina podcast. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley, joined by Dewey Burke. That means it's a post-game podcast. Carolina wins 80-73 to over Wake Forest in the Smith Center. Before we get started, take a second to rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts and also subscribe there. And if you watch these on YouTube, certainly subscribe, get it delivered to you. And sponsor Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com. You got to take care of them. They're local businesses and they need your help. Even in the winter months, they got great sweatshirts, all that good stuff. Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com. Dewey Burke, uh, you know, watching this game early, you know, I was trying to think like, what are we going to talk about? And this could be really ugly. And then Carolina got it done late. Your overall thoughts. Yeah, ugly game to start, and we were really shooting the ball poorly. It's, I actually was surprised to see we ended the game at 47% overall field goal percentage. That means we shot the ball extremely well, you know, from the field total in like the last 25 minutes because it was it was near 30 or and even under there for long stretches that first half. Um, look, I thought Caleb was really good for the most part. Uh, it's tantalizing his, his talent and ability. And he shows you that tonight where he kind of explodes for, for a career high and yet still does those couple of things that leave you scratching your head, the double dribble there in the last minute, things that, you know, drive any coach and certainly coach Williams crazy, but, uh, that's the guy that, you know, earned a five-star recruiting ranking and, you know, is a top 20 kid. I mean, it's explosive athletically, score off the bounce. He was really good and active defensively. He made some mistakes in the first half on Williamson, and it was a good move by Coach Williams to put Leakey on him in the second half, but they weren't for a lack of effort. They were just mental errors, which you're going to have, but he was playing his ass off defensively. Uh, I was really proud of the way he played. I thought Mondo was fantastic. He was patient. Uh, he didn't get many touches early. I thought he was frustrated by that, but he kept playing, kept fighting, and then obviously ended with a tremendous stat line. So those two guys for me uh, were the story for us. We'll get into the other other players, but those two guys I was very happy with. Uh, your take on Caleb Love, he does not, and it's just his nature, he doesn't look like he's having a ton of fun out there um, for a lot of times. He, he's not a smiler and, and a joker. Um, but for me watching him play today and he started to do it against Florida state. He looks like he just finally is just playing basketball instead of thinking so much. Uh, I think that's right. And, and though he has the stoic look on his face, I think that's cause he's, he's in it. He's in the zone. I, I have a different perspective when I see his face versus like take a leaky, right? I look at leaky. I'm like, even as a junior, I'm like, is he in this? Is he not? Is, you know, I, I kind of struggle with his, kind of the blank look on his face. Um, part of my feeling on Caleb is, and I've said this before, is what I hear from from the staff and the guys that I'm close to. Just like this kid does everything you could ever ask. He stays late. He gets extra shots. He lift, lifts extra weights. He hydrates. He stretches. Like he does all the things that you want to hear about a kid 
in terms of putting the effort in. So I think then when a game starts, he is, he's in a, in a focused place, um, which is why you don't see a lot of emotion out of him. Um, but I do think as he's played a little more off the ball um, at times, um, and I was happy to see him and RJ in there tonight, uh, he's getting confident, right? He's seen the ball go in the basket. He's ripped a couple shots off the bounce, especially in the first half tonight. And it's mental. Uh, he's getting confident, which is allowing him to just play. Still makes dumb mistakes. Still does things that I'm like, oh, my God. But <laughs> but he's he's starting to just play, and the confidence is allowing him to do that. When you look at the way he's coming along, R.J. Davis is coming along, Roy Williams has talked about that. Those guys are going to get there, give them time to get there, and we've talked about the same thing on the podcast. You have Caleb, you have R.J., and then you have Kerwin Walton. I mean, this team is very, very different from even earlier this season. Where do you think these two, these three guys can carry this team going forward in the ACC? Yeah, well, so and the point you're making is the right one. And I remember, I don't remember who it was we lost to after our eighth game, but we did a podcast and then I did a mailbag. And a lot of my sentiments, both here with you and in what I responded was, it's been eight games, just please, just Give them a chance. Let's see where we are in eight more, right? Well, now it's been only six more and look how we feel, right? We feel so dramatically better about Caleb and RJ and then the the the, the, the oncoming of Kerwin than we did six games ago. Six games and look how much different we feel. So they're gonna they're gonna have regressions. They're gonna have bad nights. They're, Caleb's not gonna shoot, what was he, seven for 12. He's gonna have another two for 10, guarantee it. But just the overall two step forward, one step back kind of feeling is where I am. And again, every announcer saying it, every podcast is saying it, but just you have to acknowledge they didn't have a summer, they didn't have a normal fall, they didn't have a Carolina fall or summer against pros. They had none of it. And so this it's a crash course and they're already in the ACC. I asked for eight games. We're at six. And I think I haven't read the message boards yet, but we have to be light years happier as a fan base than we were six games ago. Just be patient with them. That It's coming. It, you can see it. It's coming. Whereas six games ago, we were like, oh my God, they're combined shooting four for 24. They had eight turnovers coach can never play them together why did we recruit them it's like come on guys give me i asked for eight games and after six we're in a better place just stick with them they're they were recruited for a reason absolutely uh, love seven for 12 rj davis four for seven 20 points love 13 for davis uh uh, Kerwin did not shoot it great tonight, three for eight, one for four from three. But what does the threat of his shooting do for guys like Baycott and Brooks down low? Well, he, he, he draws everybody's eyes, right? He's, he's the one when the ball is swinging, the other staff and the bench, their team are yelling, shooter, 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 right? He's the one that everybody's gravitating towards. He's the one that everybody won't help off of. So it's harder to double in the post. It's harder to sag off of him. Um, and I was pleased with some of his playmaking tonight. It was interesting. He made two passes that I thought our, our bigs were not prepared to catch. And one even coach got on him, which I thought was actually a good pass. Um, his playmaking is underrated. He had that little drive to the basket in the finish. 
Um, he made a nice behind the back dribble in the first half and shot a, a jumper that he missed. But I, you know, understandably, I think most of us thought, hey, catch and shoot guy, I'm not sure how much he's going to play. He, he's got a little more craftiness and ability on that part of the game than I think I realized. And so you extrapolate that forward. It says, okay, dead eye shooter kid can absolutely torch it. So now this summer, I'm not trying to look ahead, but this summer he works on his handling. He works on his conditioning. He gets quicker. Think about Kerwin as a sophomore. Think about Kerwin as a senior, right? So these are things to be excited about the way all three of them played tonight. Yeah, he's definitely not a guy that's going to wow you physically, um, but you're right. He does the little nuanced things that you, you've you played enough basketball and watched enough basketball to see him. I'm not sure everybody else picks up on him, but you're right. I do like his game. He's more like an old man guy, old man yeah. game. And uh, so he's going to be fun to watch. You're right. As he gets to be a sophomore, junior, and senior, so should be fun to, to check him out. Let's talk about Armando. Uh, I mean – the guy's had a hell of a season and he has eight for 10 tonight. He got more shots than he got the other night against Florida state, obviously, but I still think he could stand to get more. What are you seeing from him as his growth? I, th for me, it's his motor, but what do you mm -hmm. see? Yeah. And so it's a couple of thoughts, just, I'm going to get to Mondo. So Garrison was very aggressive tonight, hunting his shot. He forced some shots. Uh, I think in the normal course and maybe a, a more normal first 13 games for a Carolina team, you might say, hey, why, why is he forcing? We, but here's my thing is at least they weren't turnovers, right? So Garrison was forcing the ball, forcing the, 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 his shots a little bit, especially in the first half, but we, at least we weren't turning the ball over. And eventually he got a couple to go and got to the free throw line and, and got a little bit going. Now, we weren't turning the ball over, but we also weren't giving Mondo any looks. And I thought when he had that and one there in the second half, when he finished, you kind of saw this look on his face like, like finally I got a touch, you know, and, and I, I made it happen. Um, but what, what impresses me about him, and this is a, a Coach Williams-ism, to me, way better than last year, he, he is losing himself in the game. Right. He's not as emotional. He used to kind of react to referee calls last year. To your point, he would get tired. I just think his conditioning and his mental approach is just different. He's kind of just right here. You know, you know, people can't see my face, but he's just kind of he's kind of stoic, almost like Caleb. We just talked about he's kind of stoic. I'm just going to play. I'm going to play hard. I'm not going to say anything because that's my job. And that's different than he, than the way he was. And um, I was really impressed with the way he played tonight. Uh, he's, he's so athletic and so big. Um, he was really good. You know, I know Wake doesn't have a ton of great bigs, but I thought he was terrific. Yeah, the one thing, I'd like to see him get to the free throw line more, all of them inside, but I'm not sure that it can the way these games are officiated. And we I don't like talking about the officiating, and I know what you feel about it, but – I said in a tweet earlier, what does Dayron Sharp have to do to get to the free throw line? Uh, yeah. I, I mean, know. those type things, and that's got to be frustrating, especially when you got Carolina with these three solid bigs, four bigs across the line. You figure they're going to shoot 53 free throws a night, and it's just not happening. So 
it's just weird. It's not ACC basketball that I'm used to. Um, no, and the flopping. I know they warned the one kid for the flopping tonight. Like the, just the flopping and the incessant attempts to take charges is very frustrating. It's like, to your point, and we both think about things, I think, in more of an old school way. It's like, hey, ball goes in the, po- ball goes in the post. Let's bang and let's see who can physically win the matchup and put the ball up on, uh, up to the goal and and then go fight for the rebound. Like the, just the flopping and the – all it's just ugh, it just doesn't make it feel like basketball it messes up the flow um but you're right especially dayron as aggressive as he is and the way he seeks contact uh it's astounding he doesn't get to the line more and i wanted to ask you what was that call in the first half when it looked like you know, he was fighting for a loose ball and i thought they called a foul against wake fouling him and all of a sudden we're going down the other way do you remember the possession i'm talking about yeah and everybody was like looking at each other i have no idea that's what i mean i don't yeah, know what they call, i think they called that foul on him yep. I, I didn't uh, yeah so look i agree and you know one of the things we haven't talked about is you know the fact that wake went nuts in the second half from the three-point line and we we hardly shot many threes in the second half and kept putting the ball inside um this kid musius who was four for a thousand coming into the game <laughs> and goes nuts against us. Obviously, super frustrating. It's the adage I see on their message boards all the time. Hey, you know, shooters who can't shoot, they just need to play against us, and they they light it up. Certainly felt like that because, I mean, if you look closely, go back and watch it. Like, the rotation off of his hand is not right. It's coming off cockeyed and funny, and he just <laughs> makes eight threes. So that was frustrating because we were trading three for two a lot and, you know, we got up 10 there and it felt like we could really push the lead. And then all of a sudden they went crazy. Um, But, you know, wakes in a rebuilding year. They're not a great team, but I take a lot of positives out of, of several things we saw, obviously Caleb and the way RJ played and that they finished the game together. Don't discount that because everybody's been screaming you can't play these guys together they can't play together that's bs they just needed to figure it out and i love that he let them finish the game together tonight i thought that was great yeah you're right about all that and whoever designed the smith center was a shooter (laughs) i always got a great in there in practice i'll tell you that i mean it's like everybody shoots good in the smith god it is a shooter's gym i 100 percent agree with that Let's uh, let me get in a word about Leaky because we talk about him every time. We had a podcast, uh, me and three other guys from inside Carolina the other day, and I said if you can get eight, six to eight points, six to eight assists, six to eight rebounds from Leaky every night, Roy Williams will scream to the heavens that that's what he needs, and that's what he did tonight. He did. He was. Yeah. No, look, you, you were spot on. I listened to it and you did. It was a little Nostradamus there. Tell me this because <laughs> you, uh, you didn't send me the, uh, the, the stats. Um, what was Williamson in the second half? What were, what was his field goals? Um, because coach made the decision to put leaky on him. And so not only did leaky give us eight, six and eight defensively, he got in Williamson's junk a little bit in that second half. What did he shoot? Three for eight, one for four from three. He yeah. did go to the line too much, but yeah, he got, well, he got fouled late on switches and, and, you know, when we were just trying to finish the game out and what, how many make in the second half, four free throws. Yeah. Six. He made six, six. So in, in the first half. He goes five for seven, two for two in the second half, three for eight, one for four, but he yeah. did six free throws. In the right. So first possession out of half, I saw coach, I put leaky on him, more length, more experience, bother him. 
And so he did a good job in the second half defensively and then quietly gave us eight points and the rebounds and the assists. Look, this is who he should be, you know, and he shouldn't be shooting a ton of shots from the outside. He he did make a nice one dribble pull up tonight. He got a bucket in transition, be that guy, you know, be a Jack of all trades. And he has the size, the ability, the wherewithal you would think to be this type of player every night. It, It really, you know, if you're a team that's, relying on leaky black to score you're not in a good place but if you're a team that's relying on leaky black to provide a little bit of good across the stat sheet you can be in a good place it's because our other perimeter players and armando picked up the scoring he didn't need to help us there he needed to defend he needed to make the right play he needed to get on the glass and he did that yeah and he locked in like you mentioned a second i felt like we uh, coach Williams may have sat him in the first half briefly for a mistake or two, just my untrained eye. But I, you know, eight, six, and eight, you take it all day. And mm-hmm. if and that wins championships on a high level team, you always have to have that guy so he can be helpful there. Last point, let's talk about defense a little bit. Um, just because I told you I was going to ask you about the defense. Still can't figure it out. We've talked about the help and all that. I mean, Musius, on the, on the scouting report, you see a guy that's four for 24. What is that? One for six. So he's shooting yeah. whatever it is. 15% or a little At, at what 15. point during the game do you, do you have to change what you're doing or you just keep riding it out? And if he hits 10 threes, then they probably beat you. Yeah, I mean, so a couple of them were on broken plays, offensive rebounds, kickouts, one in, one in kind of a broken transition play. Um, but just as we were praising Leaky there, there was one that, that Musi hit right in front of their bench when a guy penetrated in, actually it wasn't even penetrated. It was a post player who had the ball in the middle of the lane. Garrison was right there, totally in good position. And Leaky just came in and helped. Yep. Why? There's I mean, just for no reason. And it and, wasn't even uh, like an urgent help. It was just kind of like, eh, that, okay. yeah, I'm just going to go in here and, and kind of flash out <laughs> oh, for what? Because you just left a guy who had at that time already five threes. Right. So mental errors lead to, you know, lead to a lot more open shots than we should be giving up. Um, I'm going to go back and watch the second half again, because it did feel like a lot of those threes came on broken plays. Now, if you miss a box out and then they get the offensive rebound, they kick it out for an open three that happened from a breakdown on a missed box out. Right. So still breakdown is a breakdown. Um, but you know, at one point they were seven for 14 in the second half and then they cooled off and missed several, several late, which, you know, regressed to the mean a bit. Um, but I mean, God, they made more than we shot. They made 13. We only took nine. Um, and that's what my point earlier about it felt like for a, a, a stretch there after we got it to 10, we were trading three for two Mondo would score. And then they come down and hit a three. Mondo would score. They come down and hit a three. And so the, the trading three for two never feels good, especially off of defensive breakdowns. But, you know, it's uh, it's it's an Achilles heel, you know, quite clearly. We just we struggle to guard the three and we overhelp um, and we rely too much on just hoping they miss than being sound in our principles. With the caveat that he coach made an adjustment and he started switching all five guys on every screen or every handoff, which I thought helped. Um, Musius still got the looks that he got, but that, that was a defensive adjustment that we don't do that a lot. We don't just switch everything often, um, except in late clock scenarios. And we were doing it just just every possession on every every exchange. And I thought that threw Wake off a little bit. 
um, and helped us keep the lead, even though they, they, they would continue to make threes. Yeah, and they had 18, I believe, 18 second-chance points. I, You watched the second half and charted. I bet you four of those are three-pointers there, and we know what that happens. Three-pointers yeah. off offensive rebounds are daggers. Yeah. Carolina wins 80-73, uh, improves in the ACC. NC State supposedly on Saturday. State's got COVID issues. We'll see if that one happens. But, Dewey, my man, it's always a pleasure. This has been a fun one. Yeah, thanks, Tom. It was good. Appreciate it. Thanks for everybody listening. InsideCarolina.com postgame podcast. Support Johnny T-shirt. Support Inside Carolina, and we'll talk again soon. Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by JohnnyT-shirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase. Everyone is talking about if. I'm going to go to Lynn Human. I like it. I love it. It's original and heartfelt. Ta-da! And the must-see comedy of the summer <laughs> that's perfect for the whole family. It's just so exciting. If. Ready PG. Now playing in theaters.